0: All right. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Human Challenge, where we explore all the human challenges in today's world, the challenges of being human, and how we can challenge ourselves to be more human for the greater good. Today, we are joined by Miranda Ayim, founder of Cultivate Co. and three-time Olympian with Team Canada. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Hi, Vanessa. So happy to be here with you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, I also... Maybe I should add to your title here the way I introduced you, um, the recent you were recently added to the London Hall of Fame, correct?: I was.
1: Yeah, yeah, Sports Hall of Fame, so I, w- I was sharing with you earlier, just excited to celebrate with friends and family, you know like those opportunities only come once in a once in a while, so yeah, lots of celebration and happy times.
0: And I, I know you were saying too that um, because you, most of your career was international, right? Maybe, maybe uh, if you can elaborate a little bit on that, um, you know, because I think most of your career was international, and then I think just coming back home was just a nice experience.
1: Correct, exactly. Um, uh, uh, for for women's sports, unfortunately, and specifically for for basketball, there's not a lot or any opportunities to go pro in Canada. So most of us, uh, there's a bit of an athlete drain, and we head to the states. For, uh, school. So I, I went to university at the Pepperdine University in California for four years. So I left around 17, 18 from Canada. Then I turned pro and went overseas. Um, and I spent three seasons in Turkey. And then the last eight seasons of my career were in France, um, uh, mostly the, the southern, southwest part of, of France. And, Summers were with Team Canada. Also had a brief stint in the WNBA with the Tulsa Shock when the Tulsa Shock existed. Right. Um, yeah, so I just bounced around. had a, had a lot of um, a lot of opportunities to, to see the world, which is part of what makes sports so cool.
0: That's amazing, um, and and like I love that. I mean, um, so how many years in total would you were you was this your career? How long would that have been?
1: Eleven years pro plus four uh, in the yeah. NCAA. So.
0: Yeah. And so, so then what was your transition like kind of coming out of sports? You know, you were the founder of Cultivate Co. Like, what was that journey like?
1: Goodness. You know, <laughs> like, I was so. The last 11 years was pro, but as any athlete knows, there's a lot of years before that working towards, so typically I say like my lifespan with Canada basketball was 20 years with like developmental. I started taking it really serious at 13 where you're going to school, but then like after school, you go to practice, then you go to club practice, and then you're like away tournament. So your entire life, your entire identity actually is athlete. Which is is great in one sense because you're actively working towards a goal and trying to be the best and reach this excellence and and um, it's it's a it's a wonderful space to be in. But at the same sense, a lot of athletes run into this sense when they when they retire, they step away from sport, whether that's injury or you know just lifespan, or they decide to do something differently. There's this this conflict of, uh, or crisis of identity of like, who who am I if I'm not playing sports? Like, what value am I? Uh, Like, do I have worth as a person? Like, what do I have to offer? And then just the logistical um, qualms of... I don't really have work experience other than being on the, the court. So what do I want to do outside of sports? What other talents do I have? How do I develop them? Who do I talk to? I've, I've been outside of Canada. How, how does this system even work? I'm more familiar with the French system than I am with the Canadian system as an athlete. So, so many things that you don't really consider. Um, and just like change in general, for anybody who's moving from you know university into the professional sphere or like moving jobs or cities, change is hard, and there's emotional turbulence that that comes with it. So all of that to say, it's been a, a ride. <laughs> it's been a ride, but thankfully I have a, a wonderful support system, and I've had a lot of great opportunities um, that I've I've been able to take a, advantage of, and and to hopefully make the the transition as smooth with as possible.
0: And so do you still consider yourself like in that transition? Just, just based on kind of what you just said, like, I'm curious, do you still consider yourself like in that? And-
1: I do. Yeah, I still feel right in the thick of it. Sometimes people will be like, oh, you've like transitioned so well. I'm like, y'all, I'm still in the thick of it. It looks like if it looks like I have things figured out. I don't, cause like, honestly, we're all just figuring it out. Like, doesn't matter what age you are, you're 60 years old, you're still figuring things out. We're yeah. all doing the best we can with what we've got, right? Um, so I will say I feel more settled now than I, than I did when. I wouldn't actually even say when I immediately retired because I jumped right into a couple of, of jobs I was actively interviewing while I was still playing. I remember ha- taking one interview with uh, RBC because they have a RBC Olympians program, a kind of an ambassador program. Uh, I took that interview while I was in the hotel room in Tampa preparing for the Tokyo 2020 Olympics. And, and so like that's just my personality. I'm I like to be prepared. I want to know like what's coming next. Um and I did the same I I took another interview when I was still uh, in France. I was in my house in France with uh, the Smith School of Business, and they have a a coaching program that that helps their MBA and um, master's students kind of go through that process and work together um, as a team, because nobody knows how to work in teams. So we (laughs) kind of facilitate uh, that process. So I jumped right into things after I retired, um, which I learned a lot but in retrospect it was probably a little bit too too fast i didn't take the time to pause to consolidate to yeah just to take in that that previous 20 years right that's was go 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 and and a lot of olympic athletes have this um sense when they stop they like crash right because the same sort of thing the the identity um uh, issues the just transition being in a different place even though it's home um and and i think that crash hit me actually more towards the beginning of this year because i was oh. going 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 started my business um like trying to do big right. th- big things make some moves and then finally my body and brain was like um actually <laughs> we need to take a little break um, so I, I, I took a, an intentional slowdown to what I was saying yes to, um, because as a lot of entrepreneurs will know that, um, you want to say yes, you want to take advantage of all the opportunities and, and, and get yourself out there. Um, but I, I made a shift to, to be a lot more intentional in what I wanted to do and making sure everything was really aligned with, um, where, where I was headed.
0: Right. And I, I really appreciate that perspective. um, and I appreciate it for a couple reasons. One, because I think it's very relatable to everybody, right? Like, it's not just anyone coming out of sports. It's like very relatable to anybody that, 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 who am I? What am I doing? Like, those are very big questions for a lot of people. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, taking that intentional time, right? Like, we tend to do that. We just like, go, go, go. We don't really pause and actually consider, you know, what are my intentions what what is in alignment with me and who i am and 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 but to your point too right like those are those are that's an exploration like you know an answer to that question there's never really a definite answer to that question right like it's always evolving as you evolve the answer to that question just consistently changes right like it's just I always say, like, for me, I kind of live my life. I'm like, is this, like, sitting well with me? Yeah, okay. And then the minute it stops, I'm like, guess I'm just going to find something else now. What's interesting to me? What's not interesting to me, you know? And I think that's Mm -hmm. just, like, evolution in itself, you know? (laughs)
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think there's this inherent sense of wanting a finality to the answer. Like, tell me yes or no, black or white, but like the world is shades of gray, as much as we don't want it to be, because it, like we're, it's like you said, it's an act of exploration, and and mainly because as we grow, things shift, our values shift, mm-hmm. uh, different people come in and out, out of our lives, and so different things are required, um, and and so you need that constant reflection and evaluation in order to the, to get to the next stage. And I also should put a caveat of not too much reflection and evaluation, because for us uh, introspective people, I put myself in that camp. You can get in that to that cycle of overthinking where you're not actually taking the action step of like just doing it. It doesn't have to be perfect. It just needs to be done or good enough and putting yourself out there. So it's, it's a delicate balance in that space as well.
0: I I totally appreciate that. Yeah. It's just, yeah. Baby steps, right? Sometimes you just gotta like take that one step and it's like, oh, okay. And just, you know, the next step and then the step after that and just kind of see how that feels, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, I had a question too, for you about, um, so you, you know, you were talking about your transition out of sports and I mean, I'm very curious, you know, is there a way to, because you're so busy, right? Like you basically, like your whole life is athletes is like athlete sports, like, how do you think there's even like a possibility to have made that transition easier for you during the times of you you know doing the training and this and that like cuz it just seems like you're so busy like i'm like is there even an opportunity there that that could have been supportive or or i don't know like i'm just very curious about that mhm i i think
1: about that frequently and i think it depends partially on the athlete and and partially on what they want to do with their lives um sometimes you don't actually have the space to think about that fully until you have retired and it's the same sort of thing what we were just alluding to like you're not ready for that step until you get into that chapter of your life so maybe you don't need that prep um i'm i took many baby steps so I had some of those interviews towards the end of my career. I already knew that I was retiring, so I was preparing myself, but I was also actively filling my time with like I was writing a blog and I was doing a podcast and just because I I liked exploring different ideas and I wanted to share that. I felt I had a responsibility to share that not just like glean the information for my myself. Um and and so that was I I believe one of the preparations and it has been actually proven helpful even in my current career because a lot of people still listen to and refer back to that podcast that I was making when I didn't even really know exactly what I wanted to do so trust the process in that sense of like hey like do what is in your strengths and and share that and sometimes that is part of the learning process and building process Um, but at the same time I was considering a lot of people recommend like Going to school and getting your degree, getting a master or an advanced degree, depending on, on where you finished um, while you're playing, because there is actually a lot of pauses in between playing. You're, you're practicing and uh, you're lifting weights and you have games. And if you're traveling, it, the right. schedule is full. Like my schedule, I was playing two games a week and we were playing in the French League and in the Euro League. Um, so like we're traveling within France and within Europe every week. So it is it is busy, but it's doable. Like people are like moms or parents or, or working and they're getting degrees. So like everybody's busy. Um, so but that's often something that's recommended. But I also didn't want to waste my time or, or money on something that I didn't know. I didn't have an idea of what I'd want to get a, a postgraduate degree in. So I chose not to do that. So I think and whereas other people have. So I think it depends also what clarity you have and, and what direction you kind of want to move in.
0: Right. Yeah. No, I appreciate that. And I mean, yeah, like I can't even imagine that. I think that uh, I played high school basketball, you know, and then I retired. I hit my prime and then I retired after that. Nice. I was like, this is <laughs> But, you know, <laughs> but like I can't even imagine like, yeah, like I, I, the intensity of it. And, and uh, yeah, like you said, the space, the space to even have those questions because you're just like go, 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 right? And I think that that's, um, yeah, I really appreciate that perspective and that reflection. I really do. Um, now, mm-hmm. I'm curious, So, where did Cultivate Coke come from? At what point in your journey? Was that something that had been kind of brewing for a while? Um, and then also what you mm-hmm. do, et cetera, et cetera.
1: Mm-hmm. I think it was a marriage between my personality and who I am and, and how I wish to show up in the world, my, my interests in general and, and maybe also my strengths and my, my gifts as I was exploring and asking those questions. Okay. What, what could I do with what I'm, I'm good at, um, just having conversations as you do with different people, exploring different avenues. Okay. As an athlete, do the number one question is like, do you want to be a coach? No, I, do, I don't, I never wanted to be a, like on the, on court coach, um, Mind you, I do still do some work with like camps and helping out kids and like developing or like older, older um, players as well. And I do enjoy that and never say never, right? But like some people feel really called to that. I didn't. Um, Or, you know, broadcasting and I've done a few different things, but that what I didn't want that to be the main thing. I didn't I didn't believe at the time. And and then I heard about coaching and because I've always been very Interested in bettering myself um, and how I can improve and um, exploring different strategies um, and techniques um, that are helpful. I I started to get really interested in that as a a career choice. And I, I think that like it it's a bit oversaturated the coaching space especially like when you think about like life coaches like anybody can be a life coach which kind of maybe devalues it in 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 some sense uh which <laughs> it can get a little bit sticky when you when you get in those places they're working at at improving kind of like the eligibility in those spaces but in the meantime i settled in the, the world of performance coaching so it's a bit what i do is a bit of a blend of wellness coaching and performance coaching where i really talk about with my clients around okay how do you want to show up and where what are the areas that matter most for you so ensuring that our everyday actions are aligned with okay our 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 ultimate direction our north star because right. what's what's the point of working towards something if it's not actually aligned with the the important things cuz so i see right. that even in my own career and I'm sure you do in your space and everybody who who will be listening to this of like people have goals and they work their butts off to w- get towards the, those goals and they exhaust themselves and they reach burnout and then or they reach their goal and they get there and they're like oh well yeah this is actually really empty <laughs> like I've like alienating so many people on the path to this. I like have detrimentally affected my health because of this. And I, d- I don't even really care about this at the end of the day. It's not actually important, like for why? So part of what I I do is, is, is help people explore, okay, is this actually what I want to be doing? Is this aligned with my values, who I want to be at the end of the day?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, what are those daily actions that I'm I'm taking? So we talk a lot about just habits and and systems because you are the sum of what you do every every day. That's what's taking you towards um, that that ultimate goal of your ideal self, if you will. Yeah. Um, but I, I think it's important to to note in the space of of betterment and self improvement, um, it can get a little bit um, heavy, especially in the performance space where people are always trying to be the best and earn the most or, you know, get the most accolades of like, right? we really need to sort out what's important and also like have grace for yourself mm-hmm. in those spaces uh, as mm-hmm. well. Cause you're going to, you're going to fail. You're, you're going to get tired. You can't do this. You can't grind it out every day. Um, so another um, thing that I like to emphasize is, is what you're doing sustainable can you do this over the long haul are are you driving yourself to that burnout injury illness um what are those pieces and systems we need to to put into place that allow you to be human and exist in this space yeah. to the best of your ability but also recognizing your your own limits
0: yeah no, I love that. What what I hear in there is like intentionality, right? That's kind of like the root of what mm-hmm. it comes down to. Like you said, right? Like we can have these goals, but like, are we in alignment with these goals, right? <laughs> like, is it truthful to who we are? And, and you know, there's so many layers even to that question, right? Like there's so many, there's like parts of us that are just kind of conditioned parts of us that whether it's society, like relationships, family, et cetera, right? Like, like that's it. And it's, it is hard. It's a very hard thing to do. And so I appreciate that perspective. And it's like, intentionality and how do we like cultivate that intentionality from within. And I think that, and I can imagine, you know, working with like performance athletes, like you said, there, I think there's so much pressure that, you know, is, is, is very, you know, to make sure that you still have that other voice coming in, like, Hey, you know, that ideal self, is this still what we want? Is this still what we're aiming for? Right. And then I think having a space for that, I can imagine being very supportive to anyone on that journey. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: I, I love that word just to build on what you ended off with right there. I love that word space Mm -hmm. because especially in this day and age, we're like so busy, so hectic. There's so much going on where there's news, social media, just what all this, all these inputs, right? There's like always noise going on. And when you think about like just the levels of anxiety raising in, especially the younger generation, but like all across the board of like people's minds are. Are busy and noisy and overwhelming, and oftentimes, if we're asking ourselves these these questions, it's hard to hear the answer because we don't we've lost connection with yeah. that space of oh stillness where I can kind of hear what's going on or make those connections so I in my own life and with the people that I work with or when I get an opportunity to to share at different events of okay. Let's introduce this concept of like a stillness mindset. How do we cultivate stillness in our day to day life? How do we like expand those gaps in between? Because life goes by really quickly. It's like top speed. Yep. <laughs> some days you like look behind, and you're like, whoa, this this <laughs> month, this year is zoomed by. But there are those little spaces in between if we actually take the moment. So whether that's how you start your day, your morning routine, am I taking some time for a stillness, like? Right. Whether that's meditation or prayer or just like sitting down and having your coffee, but not scrolling, yeah, uh, or multitasking or or doing that because this this busyness comes from you know all this this input this everything that we're taking in, but we're also actively trying to avoid emotions coming up. So all the distractions help us alleviate those uncomfortable feelings, that stress, that distress the the sadness um so it serves a purpose but it's actually even though it feels counterintuitive really helpful for our performance if we're in that performance world but just how we're showing up on a day-to-day basis if we're coming in rooted from a space of stillness and equanimity and focus
0: yeah absolutely um and i think too i think for myself even in my own journey what i always appreciate about the space and the stillness is that it's like alleviating those emotions but it's also the opportunity to observe it too right because like when mm. you can actually sit in that space and kind of you know a lot of times we end up accidentally kind of reacting to what's coming up but we just don't realize it but when you sit in that stillness you can kind of see oh, like, this is what's coming up. And now I can, you know, you can reflect on it, you can observe it, you can, you know, understand maybe where it comes from and the why, right. But when we're like jam-packed day to day, we don't have that ability, because we're just not present, right. But then when you have those spaces, you know, it just allows you to slow down, come back and be like, oh, yeah, this is what this is. And oh, yes, this is probably happening because of this. And then you can, you know, be able to release that or do whatever you need to do to, to just you know figure that out a bit i think
1: yes oh so good awareness awareness is the the first step and then making those subsequent steps that you that you you mentioned i often call it um um uh, if we're talking about practices specifically mm-hmm. i i i implement something just called the lazy person's meditation which is <laughs> you, you just sit there set a timer sit there for mm-hmm. 2 to 5 minutes It doesn't feel long, but like that first minute is going to tick by (laughs) very slowly and very chaotically. And you're just, you're not like breathing, you're not tracking. I know a lot of us have already tried like Calm and Headspace and all those those things. Super helpful. But this is, you're just sitting there Mm -hmm. and watching what comes up and feeling what comes up without trying to actively avoid it. And then that's when you're like, oh, I'm super stressed about what this person said five days ago. And why is that? And then you can start to kind of work out what might be a better and more opportune reaction to that when you talk about reactions and like some of them are impulses. Some of them are things that we've learned as as kids yeah. to protect ourselves and just a, a way of moving through the world. And it's worked at a different a point in our life, but might not be useful. So we give ourselves the space to, to choose a, a more opportune way of responding.
0: Absolutely. And and sometimes like a response, maybe sometimes a response is like no response too, right like literally sometimes mm. just I'm just letting this pass through the body right now. I'm just allowing for this to happen. And it, you know, like it just is what it is. And I felt I've learned for myself like that is actually very hard to do. Like it takes a yeah. lot of practice to actually get to a point of like, oh, wait, I don't have to react to this. I don't have to do anything. I can literally just let it happen and it's okay like it'll pass and life's going to go on and and you know but i know it took me like i remember having that realization and and it's it was funny to me that i had the realization i was like oh i actually just had that realization why did it take me so long to have that realization you know um, right right 100%. and i think the other thing you said earlier was grace love grace, like, love it, love it, love it. I just I love it, because it's so true. And I use it that word all the time, because it's just, it is it is like about just graceful, like these things can come up, and you can sit with that and have grace for it. And like you said, like we Mm -hmm. said, right, realizing, hey, it's here, and I don't have to react to it. And I can still have grace and peace with all of that. And I think it's awesome.
1: Yeah, it's 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 so beautiful. It's so healing, I think, for for yourself, as you, you move through because life is life is hard. Uh, so you need to extend grace to yourself. And I think the overflow from that is then you can extend grace to to others. Coming back mm-hmm. to what we we said at the beginning of like, we're all doing the best we can with what we've got, with what we know. People make mistakes. They mess up. They hurt you. But just as we want grace for ourselves, we can then extend that grace to others and hopefully make it a, a better world.
0: Mm-hmm. Ugh. I love that. I love that so much. And I think it just kind of speaks to this point that it's like, you know, to create a better world, we don't have to always do these big, big things, you know, like humanitarianism, activism, they're there. And of course, they serve a purpose on a systemic level. Mm -hmm. But you can do a very minor thing to change the world, have grace, you know, come back to yourself, Mm -hmm. like, like, you know, like, you can do very small actions, very small things like that can make such a big difference in the world around us. And I really, really appreciate that perspective.
1: Oh, yeah. Those groundswell movements of of impacting your immediate circle and your community and making that impact with daily actions. Yeah. Talk about sustainability. You can do that for sure.
0: <laughs> oh, I love that. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Um, how can we keep in touch with you? How can we hear about you and all of your grace? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, you can you can keep me um accountable to continue to be graceful with myself and others in the way that I speak and show up in the world. Um no, the, Vanessa, this has been so incredible. I I always love having these kind of conversations about important things with people who who are are trying to make that impact like we mentioned to um in the world. And um yeah, you can follow me Anywhere I show up on the internet. Um, I almost said interwebs and showed my, my age, but um uh Mirandayim.com or cultivateco.com is or sorry, cultivateco.ca because I am Canadian. Um get us in, um, follow me there. Um, also Instagram, I'm active on not so much the other social media, but reach out, uh let me know what your thoughts were from this conversation or, or anything else, follow a blog, my uh, podcast, as well as on Spotify, Google, wherever you get your, your podcast,
0: the Miranda I podcast. Awesome. Thank you so, so much. Thank you.